Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, to look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlin Sidgwick to look ahead to NXT tonight. And if anyone like Michael Sidgwick hasn't seen NXT last week, Hamlet, it was surprisingly good on, on an unopposed night, wasn't it? Yeah. I the voice there. <laughs> That's it, yeah. The, the risk is obviously we've become a little bit too pair roughly with NXT now that it's got a night, a night all to itself because it's been chased off the one it tried to defend the new opposition against. Um, it was, yeah, quite a balanced couple of hours. There wasn't much to gripe about, which for me personally felt like a bit of a change of pace for NXT in 2021. Um, I'd say the easy way to define last week's episode was that it was more night one than night two, if we're talking in terms of stand and deliver. It sort of exemplified all the things about the product that mostly work. Like the in-ring was quite like unusually sharp compared to how blunted it always feels. Um, they couldn't help themselves making Raquel Gonzalez and for that matter, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, the kind of smiling, nodding champions, but it came off the back of a really, really great Dakota Kai. Here she is. She couldn't have helped me, but here she is. Raquel Gonzalez type, you know, thing. Yeah. All the seeds were planted for some decent, if not amazing stories going forward in this first new chapter for NXT. The, this card doesn't particularly inspire me, if I'm honest, that we're going to preview, which isn't ideal as a follow-up. But yeah, I thought it was like surprisingly watchable and not just because it was after watching two hours of wrestling already. I think that's what it is, Sid. You may find this yourself in terms of being more inclined to, to perhaps... Has Wilborn disappeared with his terrible internet connection again? Am I back yet? You're yes, back you're back. Your internet connection is... No, not- he's gone! No, he's gone! <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over as host. <laughs> Are you commandeering this? I'm commandeering this podcast. Okay, well. Dead Air is the absolute death of uh, radio and podcasting. So let's have a look at what has been announced. And I'll tell you what, Michael Hamflet, your boy, 
Joy Division Uber fan and miserablest <laughs> goth, Kyle O'Reilly is back. What's going to happen with him? They have somehow, I've seen a GIF or an MP4 or a tweet, not the actual show. I was getting some nicely richly deserved sleep. But I've had the terrifying notion that they are going to continue Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, which leads me to the question, what can they possibly do after a grinding 40-minute attritional war in which they virtually did everything to the detriment of the match itself? I mean, I was talking three stages of hell. You're not going to get 22 brisk minutes after all, all that. So what actually is next, and should we be terrified of it? Yes, 80-minute loser leaves NXT match is the only possible solution where we just get the same stuff twice. Or you could watch it. Island death match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was so depressing to see the... I think this skit that they thought was really cute and would get a lot of engagement where basically um, Cole and O'Reilly are pitched as stretcher-bound Statler and Waldos getting rolled into a local medical facility, screaming at each other across these stretchers. Um, after the the brutality of the night two match. And yeah, it just teed up this idea that this is not over, this can never be over. Um, because everything is Sean versus Triple H, everything is Gargano versus Champer on this show. Um, Kyle O'Reilly will come back tonight and say he's the fitter of the two because he's recovered quicker, I guess. Um, but Adam Cole has shown no cowardice and has shown no mercy and has not really acted like a heel in any particular regard, off the back of this defeat. A match he lost with sort of, with honour, because it took such a, like, hellacious move by Kyle O'Reilly to get it done. Adam Cole wouldn't stay down. Nobody stays down anymore. Nobody sells anything. Um, there is nothing left for them to do because they exploited it all. They exploited it all for the thrills and joys of people that almost exclusively only watch this show. Um, I would say maybe that don't even watch the main roster. I saw takes suggesting that this was the match of the year, um, which, I mean, how many matches have you watched? If you think, is this your first? <laughs> just Did you just switch on for night two? And even then, I don't think it was probably the best match of that card. Um, so yeah, the, the prospect of this rematch fills me full of dread, which to be honest, I was feeling for the first one. And I, I hate that they've made me feel this way about these two guys. Wilborn was on the money, I think, with his original prediction for what should have been night two, stipulation of loser leaves NXT. There might be a light at the end of this tunnel because... Winners and losers need to start leaving NXT. They really do. In this post-Wednesday Night War era, it's my like steadfast belief that NXT becomes the third brand in drafts, becomes the third brands in roster movement. You need to get some people off this show because just the old adage of, oh, when they move to the main roster, they're doomed, is dead. Now it's to be replaced by, they're just doomed, full stop. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly together on the show feel doomed. Gargano and Champa, no matter if they're doing good stuff at the time, just both of them are, feel doomed because they've been there forever. Damien Priest doesn't feel doomed because at least he's gone somewhere. At least he's trying to do something different. I'm all in favour of not so much these having one more match, but of these deciding that one of them has to go. I think it's time to see one of them just, it just rest. it's the Seth Rollins thing. Just give me some different coloured ropes for my Kyle O'Reilly matches. I submit, I give in. Like either him or Adam Cole can wrestle on a red or a blue show instead because I just don't want to see them wrestle each other anymore. The thing with Carl O'Reilly is, is it feels like the natural progression for him would be to elevate into another title match with someone like a Carrion Cross. But like you say, that the way it was presented last week, Hamlet, it was it's just never going to be over sort of thing. And 
I don't know. I love Kyle O'Reilly. Sorry, sorry, Wilborn. But what Stip can they possibly do after a 40-minute unsanctioned? Yeah. Have to sanction something more violent? I mean, it's just absolutely nonsensical. They have to sanction something yet more violent because the rules of drama, which WWE frequently betray, but will be kind of NXT because it's better than Raw SmackDown. The tenets of drama means that this has to build on something that is eating itself. So how can you build on regurgitated bullshit? So <laughs> there has to be a sanctioned high level of violence. What a waste of absolute bloody time. Um, like an I think quit match, maybe, of hell, quit, maybe. NXT. Say again? An I quit match, and if they quit, they leave NXT. That's the only elevation. I quit NXT, something like that, or maybe, just maybe, boys. And uh, much like much like Impact Rebellion, we should see the one-night return of Maro Ronaldo so we can bring back this sinister structure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got it. I've just stumbled upon it. It's Shawn Michaels Triple H, isn't it? The armband's end of an era is what they're going to call it. Ah. Undisputed era. Bobby Fish is going to stand in the middle of them like Shawn Michaels did. Um, arms around the pair of them saying, yeah, you can't do this anymore. One of you has to leave. Like looking at his hand, staring like there's going to be a super kick and pedigree combo for a two count that nobody saw coming. Like the last shot into, I don't know, what even is Bobby Fish's finisher? Just like hurting his own leg, going online and saying weird things. I'd like, anyway, like end of an era thing. Um, Cedric, you might have missed this last week. Roderick, in some decent plot development, Roderick Strong handed in his notice. Saw this. Yeah, really good this. Um, this idea that he's actually going to like let his actions speak as loud as his words. He doesn't want to be around the collapse of his stable. He doesn't believe there's anything left for him in NXT, considering that all his friends hate each other. And he's going to try and do something else. It felt like either a really interesting way to move somebody to Raw SmackDown or a possibly even more interesting way to reintroduce the Roddy Strong character completely away from these two whinging dickheads that used to be his mates. Like <laughs> that may factor into a finish as well. Um, but like decent plot development. I am curious about him and I feel like I won't get any sort of resolution to that for a couple of weeks. I'm mm. actually going to want to see what Roddy Strong's next move is as a result of that. I mentioned Karrion Cross there, Sige. Uh, Rathal Gonzalez, Karrion Cross, of course, and both new world champions. Who would you like to see both in face? They were sort of alluding last week to potentially Mercedes Martinez going after Raquel Gonzalez, but she's maybe going a, a bit of a long-winded route about that. So, yeah, what, what do you direction you see both of these going in next? Well, an immediate problem with strapping two new champions and, in effect, the way that NXT so wonderfully presents its women's title is that they are, in effect, the modern equivalents to the WWE heavyweight, to the world heavyweight, the big gold and the spinner. Like, they do feel like they're on equal footing. However, the problem is that given the physical makeup of both these champions, the fact that they've been strapped at the same time is that you are now going to have two big programs over the next month or possibly two leading to the next takeover or maybe just a three-week push for a title, TV title defense. Either way, I'm thinking these two champions alike are both racing past the first two challenges at a minimum, given that they're big, huge, like, aura spectacle performers, one of which is much better than the other, Raquel Gonzalez, you're better. Um, so the challenge for NXT if not to effectively cast doubt over the outcome, 
just make it halfway interesting um, and get and I will accept like I'm not going to accept it or buy into an imminent title switch for either person I think they've strapped two people at entirely the wrong time and I think we'll see the um, results of that um, like imminently and it's going to be pretty damn boring in fact um, but just off the top of my head like who is a baby face on that goddamn brand who is, and I'm talking as an opponent for Cross here, who is really well liked. People might be prepared to like him that bit more in about a year's time. And I'm struggling, like I am struggling for options here. I've always been a big fan of Jake Atlas and I would like to see them do more with him. But I just think that's such pie in the sky, Photoshop, match graphic, fantasy booking. Um, I've, I've really got no idea. I've got no idea at all. Um, I kind of believe I'm going to pitch this guy for Karrion Cross, you know. What? Like, kind of believe I'm going to pitch this guy for Karrion Cross. But last week, I thought there was allusions made to the fact that, like, Pete Dunne won his way back into contention because of his takeover win. And they're going to play with the idea that Cross is a contemporary tweener. And you're right, I think he needs baby faces more than he needs heels, Karrion Cross desperately so, to work a match that's more likely to get him over. It's weird that, um, sorry to interject, but the second you reminded me, oh, no, he's a baby face, so he should be having heel. I, t- I totally forgot this guy's neither. Baby he's, face. Not, he's not both, he's neither. Yeah, no, but in know. their minds, he is, so I should be thinking of heels. But yeah. He's a baby face, it's odd. So who is he? Wilborn, save us. I, 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 like you say, I don't know. It should be Carlo. It's probably going to be Finn Balor again. Like it, it should have been. It should be Carlo Riley. But like you say, it seems inevitable that they're going to go back to the to the undisputed era well one more time. I know Kylo Riley is your guy to unseat him eventually. Six months down the line, I would say there's no one else on that brand who's bollocks Kylo Riley up. Everything I liked about him as a babyface is like a pretty funny guy who's not funny drawing money, he's kicked the shit out of you, and I will pay money to watch that. He's, what I'm saying, he's like a likeable, well-rounded dude in a world of, like, intense tweeners. And lo and behold, he has now become kind of an intense tweener, so he's as well. I've got any idea. And I think NXT are going to struggle to come up with ideas as well. I mean, as angry, for as, Sorry, get, say again? Angry Air Guitar, Kyle O'Reilly was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. You know, oh, he right. to like put a stern face on it in his entrance. Well, I told you guys on NXT Takeover Sign and Deliver Night 2 that because of the time that I have to get up to get a decent amount of sleep and you take that away from the earliest possible time your kids could wake up, I'd skip the entrances mm. and then I buried the match because it was rubbish on Twitter and then someone replied saying, oh, it was worse. The worst thing about it was Kyle O'Reilly air guitaring moodily to his entrance. I'm like, what? So I went back and watched it. I'm like, what are you doing? When John Moxley, right, had his goddamn exploding barbed wire death match at Revolution, he doesn't really do a pose thing anyway, but he still just had a swig from a hip flask of whiskey, went ah, to steal himself for the battle. Kyle O'Reilly played air guitar <laughs> like a 10 year old, or Hiroshi Tanahashi is the only person alive who's allowed to do it in earnest. Kyle O'Reilly used to do it as a joke. You don't do that as earnest. Hit. I'm far Basically, more, I hate them all. I'm far more excited about the women's title picture, Hamlet, because you could line up three, four, five potential challenges for Raquel Gonzalez as she transitions, perhaps. Yeah, I think um, so Mercedes, they did some quite cute stuff with Mercedes Martinez last week. This idea that she wants a shot and 
she's they've tried to suggest that like she's on the cusp of getting one, but she's got a couple of matches to win. And luckily they've given her those couple of matches and the fact that she's got to tie up her loose ends with the Robert Stone brand. He hasn't paid her. He's a scumbag. He's got jobbers basically working for him that Mercedes Martinez can crush. That gets her a wins, that gets her a shot. Um, she's a good opponent in terms of the kind of match she can have with Raka Gonzalez. It's one of the things about going back to the Diesel comparison with Gonzalez, and last week I was critical on Twitter of not turning it into... WWF magazine Diesel with a great big smile slashed across the face because that was a huge mistake they made with Nash as soon as they put the title on him. But it gets a bit forgotten and Nash says this himself. He got to spend a year watching Shawn Michaels to learn to be great at being Diesel and then all of a sudden the belt was put on top of him and he needed more breaths and Shawn's than he got Mabel's and no disrespect to, you know, some of his great matches but Davey Boy Smith's and the like um, and Sid's. He, he needed wrestlers. Mar- Mercedes Martinez like a world of experience, mm. can wrestle any kind of match that Raquel Gonzalez needs, can have like that awesome Rhea Ripley-style chemistry with Gonzalez, just that fight, just that brawl. Um, she can probably babyface um, Raquel Gonzalez without having Gonzalez betray the character she's built up and have Gonzalez become this kind of smiling goof. A similar wrestler, albeit of a different stature, that I think could do the same for Gonzalez is Candice LeRae. Um, Candice LeRae is such a good all-rounder that she could work in her character currently as a heel without making a pure babyface out of Raquel Gonzalez. You just get to see Raquel Gonzalez exhibit her strength and size um, sort of difference over likes for Candice LeRae. They're not fortunate because obviously this is the point of building up a roster this big, but they are certainly blessed with a number of wrestlers that in very different ways can get the best out of Raquel Gonzalez to make her look like this, like, like a bit of a polymath, I guess. Like, good at everything, massive, like, full of skills to the point where she doesn't need to Dakota Kai. And that becomes the whole point. Like, we go we go month by month by month where Dakota Kai comes to realise, oh, Christ, she's become my meal ticket rather than the other way around. How am I going to sort of stop? How am I going to put the glass ceiling over her head? And then we get the feud off the back of it. And I kind of, I have a lot of faith that they're going to get through that as well. It's because of that belt. I just think they respect the prestige of that title too much to ruin it. And I do think they'll get to where they need to go with this character. Is Gonzalez a face now? No, like, she's. I wish the show had less tweeners because I think she's getting away with being a tweener. Last week was a little bit too much in the way of happy to be here, look at us all, haven't we all won titles or shucks sort of thing. But my gut feeling is this week, she's going to go back to looking out for a little mate. She's Diesel in November 94 before he beats Backland. Right, okay. Yeah. That means she's going to be screwed imminently then. <laughs> cool. Um, as for an opponent for Gonzalez, um, they're running the risk of... I don't think they're running the risk at all, actually, because she's been vanished a little bit in terms of singles stardom. Um, Shotty Blackheart, like, she's got this incredibly reckless style that... I would really like to get behind the watcher, try and take down this absolute towering giant. Um, I think there's a really strong dynamic there as a first defense. And the best thing about Shotty Blackheart is that in a goddamn bastardized atrocity of a developmental brand where they're all 40 or they're all incredibly, and I would say fully developed talents in the terms of like the early to mid thirties guys like Cole and M O'Reilly. She's an actual developmental prospect who you can see improving before your very eyes. And I think she's probably ready for the the challenge before the capture, if you like. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Speaking of new champions, uh, we have Kushida who won the Cruiserweight Championship from Santos Escobar next week. Uh, he's going to have a championship celebration tonight, Michael Sidgwick. These never end well, do they? No. No, they don't really start particularly well either. Um, <laughs> given how they book talent who do not speak English as a primary language, I firmly expect him to not even get a word out before you hear Santos Escobar's theme. Like, not even a word, and then you get the beat down. Um, it's one of those things where if this was a, the culmination of like a really well plotted character arc, like it would be nice to share in a genuine celebration, but like it's just right place, right time. Situationally, someone said something and he came out and won. Uh, it just doesn't feel like he, did he win clean in the middle? Yes, yeah, he won he clean in the middle. So I guess it's something to celebrate, but you'd. You typically only do a celebration when it's a heel being an arsehole or when it's a baby face at the culmination of something. Um, so I feel like a celebration, it's like, well, you didn't earn your shot because you got beat like the week before. It just feels like the optics of this feel like an angle for angle's sake rather than anything that... I mean, there's never been like a celebration. It's like, that's it. Goodbye. But at least have five minutes of something nice before you do the angle. I don't think we'll even get that. just feels like I often refer to WWE and what they do on television. It's like a Rolodex of tropes, like a Rolodex of finishes. 
Um, feels like, right, okay, what can we do? Championship celebration, he'll mm. beat down. And I don't think it's worth wasting any more words on that, personally, unless Hamlet has a better idea of how it might go. Well, it could be worse, Michael Hamlet. There was, there was Jordan Devlin uh, suggesting that he might challenge last week. Yeah, he wanted that shot, didn't he, before he was sent back to that warehouse in Enfield, which, you know, at least looks like a prison. Um, it's one of them things with Kushida where, you know, in the old days where you would like have to buy a pay-per-view rather than, say, pay you 10 quid for the network or whatever. And this idea that, like, I they're not going to convince me to part with money for this match that they might be trying to sell. That's very much how I feel about any kind of rematch currently between Kushida and Escobar. Feels like there's one in the chamber, but... Uh, like there's no way I'd ever part with cash for it. It's not that kind of match. There's not that kind of engagement. So great that Kushida won in the manner he did. I actually think what they'll try and do, um, and don't ask me the follow-up question of, well, who? But I think they'll try and have somebody else say, well, right, Escobar's like, you know, NXT tries to observe the no rematch thing like WWE put in place. Probably does a little bit of a better job than Raw and SmackDown does. So it's not just as simple as a straight rematch for Escobar. It's somebody else. Uh, Swerve. Swerve's won his match with Ruff, hasn't he? So Swerve steps up. They kept fighting last week, though. It just never ends. Yeah. Like, I know my feud with Leon Ruff is never going to end. However, I'm kind of winning most of the matches in it. So I want want a shot. And then you kind of do that thing where they give it two weeks and they build to, like, Kashida's first big defence and it's against Swerve. And, like, you get a video package and you get a pretty great match, actually, as well. on A decent television defence. First televised defence for Kashida. He wins... And there's the Escobar attack. And Escobar's been sat seething, waiting for his opportunity to strike. And he wants one more. And at takeover, me, I'm going to take you down, (laughs) Kushida. And there's your, like, that's your sort of very standardised Commoner Garden build for uh, the North American title rematch that they can technically say isn't a rematch. I've just, yeah, I've just realised that when's, is it three three weeks till... uh... Till uh, blood and guts, Sage. Take over May Day, the night before anything else. <laughs> to go down. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. They can do it on Peacock with the one. Dickheads. <laughs> Bloodier and gutsier. <laughs> uh, we have got a debut tonight, Hamflet. Uh, Saray, they've been building this up. Do you know anything about anything about her? They're hyping up. We've seen clips of her, I think, fighting. Is it Aja Kong? I saw a clip of Anyway, she looks incredible. Um, and, you know, the, the storied history of of uh, Japanese wrestlers coming over to, to American promotions is a good sign. Yeah, um, bad wrestling fan here because I haven't done much beyond what NXT or the odd YouTube highlight package has told me, which is a little bit like when your football team has signed this player you've never heard of. So you go looking for them on YouTube and you only see these world goals and skills. Yeah. <laughs> Just this like, oh, wow, we've signed the best player in the world. That's ideal. How come no other club had heard of him? Like, and it's... So I sort of feel like, not that the jury's out on Saray, that's an unfair judgment on her, but I kind of eagerly await NXT's presentation of her to be like the sheep that I sometimes am, be told what to think about her. And I like I don't say that condescendingly, I'm more mean. I want to see tonight if they present her in the way that we've been built or if this is some sort of bait and switch. Um, William Regal's talked her up as a big deal. That's, you know, they've put pressure on this to succeed, this new character, this yet another injection of a new body into the women's division following like the relative success so far of Zoe Stark, I would say. Like they're not afraid to stack up this women's division with yet more brand new people. You've got a thousand year old ghost dragon, like waiting in the wings um, behind Zia Lee. 
there's there's a number of people that they can now spend time building to ultimately be like title challenge ready. So Saray could be that. I've been genuinely, I've been really impressed with the not just like the matches of Zoe Stark, which have been all pretty decent, sometimes even better than that, but the gradual development of her as well, the use of Io Shirai before she's potentially finished with this brand forever as a kind of like mentor role within it. They just they pay attention. So if this like if this character is who William Regal and YouTube has told me it is, she'll probably be a long term success for them. On the subject of those goddamn goals and skills videos, those things that dupe you. I remember when we signed friggin' Riviere and Alka is a really good athletic body. It's like Jesus Christ is a unit, but like he's shredded. Um, I was like, right, Craig, how many goals? Like 11 goals in League One? I mean, that's you can build on that. He's still young enough. Maybe it's Thierry Henry. And then I went on bloody YouTube, looked at goals and skills, and like they were all like ballooning off his shin and like <laughs> over the keeper. I thought this guy's gonna be absolutely rubbish. Um, happily, I think so. Say again. Did you ever see the clip of I think it was Villa? Aston, we're going off on a tangent here, but I think it was Aston Villa. They got a new manager or someone like that, and the uh, the work the the club Twitter account went, here's you what you can look forward to watching next season. And just posted footage of like the club you used to manage. So it's like, you can look forward to watching effectively Brentford next season. Good luck with that. Mm, it's going to be great. <laughs> but happily, all reports indicate, and honestly, my God, if there's one thing I hate about WWE, it's everything. And most prominent among which is that my job means that we are a mainstream wrestling outlet. Like, God damn it. If I could write about stardom, if I could write about Joshi Tokyo Pro every single goddamn day, I would. But unfortunately, we're a mainstream outlet. And it means a lot of my work is dedicated to watching WWE. So I really don't know anywhere near enough as I should. It's a source of embarrassment. Never used to be like this, you know. Mm. I used to watch the goddamn world. I used to watch the goddamn world. Gone anymore. We do really uh, freed up some of your time in the week. Days, they? That was what it was. They stopped freeing up your time. They were like, "Can we give you a few more hours of our dribble, please?" Yeah, no. It's like no, <laughs> but I have to. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know. Uh, I'm excited to see what what happens from from the brief video package that we've got, and like you say, that the recent examples that we've seen. Um, one final thing we want to talk about, and this relates again to last week, uh, is. Well, tonight's match, which is L.A. Knight versus Dexter Loomis. I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But also, I am genuinely interested in Dexter Loomis tonight because I want to know what's he been up to with Indy Hartwell. If you missed it last week, uh, Indy Hartwell feigned injury, concussion, KO, I don't know, and got herself carried off by Dexter Loomis. Very excited about that. She'd been sort of alluding to it for quite some time. Have they finally found something, Sige, that makes us at least partially interested in Dexter Loomis? And how do you see this match with uh, with LA Knight going tonight? Um, Jesus Christ. I don't know about the optics of said angle. Is the implication that Dexter Loomis didn't go, oh, hang on, just passed out? Is it like... He's just a nice guy who wanted to save her. Exactly. Yeah, he was being the nice guy, and she actually opens her eyes and winks at the camera. I did see the like, gif, but I didn't see him. anything like, up with the gif. Um, well, you might be up to use nuts and guts. <laughs> if she's got anything to do with it. Um, I think that is a fascinating thread that I really look forward to watching on NXT Redemption. It's <laughs> not NXT, is it? No, it's, it's very... <laughs> Whole main event last week had like massive, like it was brilliant. It had massive NXT redemption vibes because you had about three different 
slightly like clinically insane angles going on at the same time. Johnny Gargano gradually unraveling and Bronson oh, Reed yeah. trying really hard to make a six-person intergender tag team with Shotty Blackheart and Ember Moon. I mean, I'm not, not into it. Was, it. it was good. It was. I mean, I like, I, I like NXT Redemption. That's what this <laughs> is. Um, it's one of those things where <laughs> Will Bourne's gone here. Sorry, it's just the fact that before this, for my preparation, I go and scour and see if they've advertised anything. And they've done their usual, tonight on NXT. <laughs> and they've got like, just gonna, what's going to happen when Dex Loomis clashes with LA, with, you know, he's spliced with, with LA Knight saying, I'm going to kick his ass or whatever. Tonight, <laughs> is Dex Loomis up to his nuts and guts? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this goddamn match graphic, it's literally everything cynical, lapsed NXT fans can have a nice little chuckle at the expense of this show. Go, oh, Christ, look what this has turned into. I would not have done this week two. Absolutely not. Like, they have to know that Eli Drake is not a developmental guy and they are going to get... Because NXT exists to, like, be the cool brand. So surely, strategically, you want to do things that make you look cool and not like NXT Redemption, <laughs> um, or not like a parody of what NXT used to be. Like, these lads were 22 and 23 with like aspirational, I want to be the rock gimmick, so I'll be a serial killer because I can do stuff with my eyes. You'd be like way more generous. Like, you'd be way more generous and think, oh, this is quite charming maybe, and I can invest in it. It's like they're, they're a combined age of 75 or whatever it is. Um, it's like a bit of a laughing stock of an NXT match, this. The very best, it's not going to be good in the ring um, because it'll go at least three minutes longer than necessary and it will have the temerity to like be a serious grinding wrestling match um, the very best we can hope for and I hope we get it is either an intra match Eli Drake LA Knight promo hey, you want to look at something buddy why don't you look at this and then slaps him across the face or something like that or some kind of pre-match walking down the ramp promo God, that LA night. It's like, it's, in every sense, that, that's your best impression, Cedric, because in every sense, like, it's not quite The Rock, is it? That's like, that's, <laughs> LA night might as well have it on top of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, I, the upshot of this match, I think, is this is going to transition LA night into a North American title program with Johnny Gargano. I think the way you're going to be circling the ring, you know, it's too like this comedy. Well, in face. No, well, nobody's anything. Like, nobody's anything. Fuck whoever the hell you like against whoever they like, because nobody's anything. LA Knight stuff, they'll just tweak a little bit so he can be babyface against Gargano, or Gargano will be too much of a popper that doesn't make a difference. You've uh, you lost me when you lost Wilborn. I've just realised that on the promo for the 4th of May edition of NXT, it's going to be loser leaves, and they're going to say that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are going to be up to their nuts in blood and guts. The <laughs> big decider for them to... Um, yeah, this match, like, it can't be any good, but it could be quite fun. Mm. I like the fiend. One final, one final thing I want to talk to you about, and we're not going to do this sort of ratings predictions anymore, mainly because last week when we tried it, we were 300,000 off with me and Hamlet. So, <laughs> um, 805,000 viewers for NXT uh, last week, up nearly 5%, uh, and does well in the demographics, etc. You see them retaining that this week, uh, Hamlet? I don't know. Um, it's 
I don't know if it's going to become like an easier thing to predict than it was as, as we proved it was far too hard over two years or whatever it was. Um, I don't know if it's going to become an easy thing to predict now because I think we're looking at probably about two or three weeks before we understand what a stable audience for either show is unopposed. Yeah. It was amazing seeing that AW number come in. Absolutely amazing. But I'm dreading the prospect of some arseholes suggesting that it's all doom and gloom if they don't hit 1.2 again because maybe 1.2 isn't their stable number yet, just in the same way that 800, which is pretty respectable, I guess, for NXT, but maybe that's not their stable number either. Maybe they can... I could see them being a more of a, a spike project than they were before. I think like the, the weeks where there's something big, you might see them tease a million again because they're just going to get extra people to tune in. But I don't know what their baseline is on this night of the week. Maybe 800 is that. So it's... I don't know. This isn't appealing, but then... Was last week's card that exciting? Was they, did they, they certainly didn't promise anything as a welcome to Tuesdays. They just said, like, see you next Tuesday. Um, <laughs> my Triple H himself. Um, that was it. There wasn't like some sort of special night one. We're bringing over whomever from the main roster. Blah, blah, blah. It was just like, tune in. This is what you're going to get every week. So maybe that is the baseline. Maybe 800,000 is, is the baseline. I, I just think it's going to take a few weeks before we know we can even take a rough guess at what these, the regular audiences are going to be for these shows now. Yeah, I was talking to Wilborn on the AEW New Dawn podcast, which you can, of course, listen to wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, that's going to be even stranger with AEW's trajectory because I think they're going to decline sharply on Wednesday. As you said, like boring arseholes are going to talk about how they're crap. But then it's going to like go even perhaps above 1.2 with blood and guts. So that's going to be all over the place, like a Chevron um, for some time, I think. NXT, I'm going to have to invoke my man Chris Finch again. <laughs> I think it's going to go down. I think it's going to go down. I think um, people were banging at the takeover build. Um, they really were. And they tend to be into these big shows at NXT because they've established, even amid its declining cool factor, like they've built big matches that people are into, like calculably. Um, this show isn't that. I think it's the pattern indicates the downward trend. Um, 750, 60, 70-ish. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out though, over the next few weeks with both shows. Uh, but let us know your thoughts ahead of NXT tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, I say you can follow uh, all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Uh, follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll have our review of NXT tomorrow and our preview of AEW Dynamite as the wrestling never stops. But this has been the NXT preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.